Hello, and welcome to the podcast M&A Stories, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. I'm Robert Heaton, and I'm joined by my co-host, Toby Tester. In these podcasts, Toby and I share our experiences on various projects that we've both been involved in over the course of our careers, talking about things that have gone well, things that didn't go too well, and things that just completely failed. The purpose of this is that we're hoping that our listeners will learn some valuable lessons from those experiences and that those lessons can be taken forward into your M&A projects. We hope you enjoy listening, so let's get this podcast underway. Hey, Robert, how are you going there? I'm good, thanks, Toby. How are you? Oh, pretty good. Now, how's your Monday? So what's it like down in Melbourne? Cold and wet. Cold and wet? <laughs> That's yeah, great. I'm afraid winter is well and truly here in Melbourne. Uh, well, well, up here in uh, sunny Sydney, look, it's, it's coolish, but bright sunny day. So yeah, that'll do. <laughs> that'll do. Okay, enough of that. We'll, we'll, move, we'll move on from there. So, Robert, look, here we are. We're back again with our weekly podcast, sharing M&A stories. And uh, my God, M&A is an amazing discipline or area where there are, where are stories to be told. And there, there are plenty of them. And I think last week I, I told a story about the uh, beauty of simplicity and how you can use um, simple rules to drive complex work. Now, this story from yourself, this one fascinates me um, and I'm interested in hearing you uh, talk it through. But it's about bad leadership. And this whole um, M&A uh, podcast is M&A stories, the good, bad and the ugly. I think we've, we've done good. <laughs> yep. This one, I think, is both bad and ugly definitely is it's in the bad and ugly category and it is about leadership and i think it's an example um working on a large m&a deal that you're involved in where you know it was poor leadership it was bad ugly leadership so i'm i'm this one i'm very interested in because this is the one that can really set an amazing example and also lessons for all of us um so interesting in, in hearing you uh, tell the story yeah Absolutely. And the thing about this particular experience is that it was during an M&A deal, mm. but it, could, it equally applies to everyday business experiences. And as a leader in industry, you're judged by your actions and the decisions that you make, but you're also judged yeah. by the way that you treat people. And mm. this is very much a people treatment scenario I, I've, I've never really told this before and mm. I, I would say it's probably one of if not the worst experience of my professional career I mean even talking about it now I'm right back there as if it's being relived all over again yeah this is fascinating because I think you know you share it and everybody listening to this will have their own particular experience like what was the worst thing that you ever experienced and here, here you are Robert you're about to relive and retell a story which was effectively basically one of the worst experiences you've had in your working career yeah yeah and I'll position this it was about 15 years ago yeah there was a major global deal 
thousands of employees involved in different operating divisions all across the, the globe. So as you can imagine, the post-deal scenario was complex. Work pace was hectic. There was a lot of international travel necessary. And that, that's okay. I mean, I've, I've yeah. been in the tech industry for a long time. I've used to frequent travel. So that yeah. wasn't a problem. Yeah. And in actual fact, in this scenario, there was a luxury for me because I was actually coordinating the first waves of post-deal activity. So I was actually based at corporate headquarters for a couple of months. Other people were doing the travel, right? Ah, uh, okay. All right. Okay. So you, you were orchestrating this whole communication effort post-deal, which is a very important part of the whole uh, deal process, of course. Yeah. And, and that, was, that was one of our first activities was that there had to be clear and concise communication right across both our own organization and the acquired organization so that mm -hmm. everybody understood why it had taken place, what was yeah. happening, how it affected them, you know, all the yeah. stuff that you, you do in, mm -hmm. in good, good M&A practice. Mm -hmm. And, of course, the other reason for doing this was because we wanted to stop the, the rumor mill and the whispers from spreading across the, the business so, so we had a number of people yeah. in literally in the space of one week, we were going to visit every single location yeah. and provide a clear and consistent, well-documented communication to everybody concerned. Right. And then, then the plan following that was that each of us would then work with local leaders to start to put in place some of the uh, post deal changes and stuff like that. Sure. Right. Okay. So that was that was the whole purpose yep. of it, and and it was going well. Travel schedules were were organised. Uh, mm -hmm. all, all of the arrangements were set up at each of the operating uh, divisions, so people knew we were coming. So at this point, then, uh, Robert, you know, the deal had been done. All this been happening. You know, a lot of planning, a lot of effort of the communication, but then something happened. Yeah. So literally. Out of the blue, I, I get a call from one of the board members from, from their EA. Okay. And it was basically, you know, Mr. So-and-so needs to see you now. Right. No explanation. I thought, geez, you know, and, and normally when you got a call from a board member, you dropped everything. Sure, sure. You know, I, I, I headed straight up to the seventh floor where the board suite was. Hmm. And I'm thinking, well, hang on a minute. Everything's going well. You know, there's no problems as yeah, far what, as what's I going know. On? <laughs> what's going on? What's happening? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And so I, I got up there and I got into the, the board area. Hmm. And as I walked into this board member's office, I was suddenly aware of all of this activity going on. Nobody even really turned around and said, oh, hi, Robert, you know, or anything like that. It was just there was there was a flurry of activity and I could hear that there were flight schedules. My name was being mentioned. Yeah. And hotel bookings being reorganized. Re I thought, what the, what the hell's going on? What's happening? Yeah. Uh, and um, th this board member literally just turned around to me and looked at me and he didn't even say, oh, hi, Robert. He, he just looked oh. at me and he said, you need to drop everything and get on a plane. I want you in Beijing tomorrow morning. Wow. And, just like that. Okay. Right. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. And good morning to you. You know, what, yeah. the hell, what the hell's going on? I knew that one of my colleagues was scheduled to be in Beijing. 
Right. So I, I sort of said, well, hang on a minute, what's happened to Andrew's schedule? Um, mm. It wasn't Andrew, but I'll, you know, I've changed yeah. the name for that out of respect for it. Yeah. And before anybody could answer me, the board member's EA has sort of interjected and she said, right, well, Andrew's flight's now been changed into Robert's name and right. he's on 2 p.m. flight this afternoon. Right. right. And I'm looking at them sort of going, and... and then right. Tells, so then, so then suddenly she, you... Okay, go on. Well, then she tells me that the hotel reservation's changed into, into my name. Right. And then she starts telling me that she's made arrangements for me to pick up Andrew's laptop and his presentation material from the travel desk at the airport. Extraordinary. Okay. Oh, like, all oh, right, okay. You know, I'm being slotted in for some reason. You know, so I, I just turned around and I said, what on earth happened? What's going on? And I, 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 I say, I'm even talking about this. I'm, I'm back there in that room right there and then. Right. Andrew was one of those colleagues. You know, you've got colleagues that... They've, they've got a three o'clock international flight and they turn up at the airport at half past two. Uh, he was he was one of those. Right? Right. He was always rushing to everything, busy as ever. And he'd been rushing through the airport and he'd had a fatal heart attack. At the airport? At the airport, right? And, I mean, I was just absolutely gobsmacked. I didn't know what to say. My first thought was towards his his wife, Gabriella, and right. he had two young children. Right. And, and, you know, he was a great colleague, and, and I, I was trying to process all of this sort of stuff, and I I sort of turned around to, I suppose, the EA and this board member, and I said, oh, my God, terrible. You know, how's Gabriella? How are the, you know, how are they coping? Mm-hmm. Uh, and this board member just turned around and he said, yeah, well, we will let her know shortly, but right now we need to attend to the important things. Right. So that sounds, that sounds like an amazing response. And by the way, Andrew, had he had that fatal heart attack earlier yeah. that day. Yeah, oh, literally, literally a few hours ago. God, okay. All right. right. So so the, the board know they've been informed, right? I've got a deceased colleague... Right. And so he, he was putting business before family and before yeah, person, but, people, people before anything. It was it was right. we've got to get someone to Beijing because that's all set up and you're right. you're it. Right. Okay. And it was just simply you're the next in line, so get out there. I couldn't even believe what I was hearing. So I I, I sort of turned around to the EA mm. almost sort of confused and said, Did I just hear that? Correctly, Andrew's had a fatal heart attack and died, mm-hmm. and you're putting me into his place so that we can keep the schedule. Mm. And I just couldn't believe it, but that that essentially was exactly mm. was happening. And I, I I don't remember clearly the next period of time, but what I do remember is. I just resigned on the spot, right there. And right. I took, took my security badge off. I put it down on the desk along with my keys that I had. Wow, that was a major big decision on your side, Robert, to, you know, obviously it's a shocking thing that happened and you made that decision on the spot. It was, it was putting my 
beliefs, my values, directly to the test. Yeah. You have a choice at that point. You've either got to accept what's going on and be part of it, or you've got to vote against it. There's no yeah. middle ground, really. Yeah. Right? And so I just, I just walked out. I just, right. you know, I, I, I might have used a few words beginning with F. Right. Uh, and this board member just turned around and he said, no, nah, not accepting that. You know, just do as you're told and get to Beijing. And I think I gave him a very quick response. And I think the second word I used was off. <laughs> okay, all right, okay. Um, I marched off down the corridor. And right. he, was still, he was still shouting after me as I was walking away. Hmm. And now there's a second part to this, because as I was leaving the board area, uh, a good friend of mine who was the uh, senior vice president was coming the other way towards me. Right? Hmm. And he took one look at me and he went, Rob, what's, what's happened? What's, what's up? Hmm. Uh, and I, I told him what had just happened. Hmm. And, and he just looked at me and he said, right, wait there. And I, and I just said, look, sorry, you, you, you can't change my mind. You know, I've done what's need to be done. Um, he said, I don't care. Just do me a favor. Just stay there for a minute. And, hmm. and so out of respect for him, I, I, I waited just outside the board area. But mm. I made very clear that I wasn't going to change or be persuaded to change my decision. And five minutes later, he was back. Mm. And he'd been into the board area. He'd confirmed what I told him. Mm. right? And he'd resigned on the spot as well. Wow. <laughs> so both of you. Wow. Both, so he resigned as well. Yeah. Both okay. walked out in disgust. And we, we literally, I, again, I can still see in my mind's eye, going back through, out of that board area, mm. down the lift, out the front door of corporate reception. Yep. Right? He and I just got into a car. I, I can't remember, my car or his, I don't even remember. Yeah. Uh, but we, we just headed out, out into the countryside, away from the city and out into the countryside, almost in silence. Yep. And we finally decided that we needed to just sit down and we took a light lunch somewhere. It was a yeah. beautiful restaurant overlooking hills and grazing sheep. Right. And what little conversation we did have was around fond memories of a fallen colleague, what we might be able to do to help Gabriella and her two children. And yeah. But, you know, it amazes me that there was nothing talking about himself, Andrew, and his wife and kids, and that everything was all about keeping to schedule and, and getting getting Andrew out to Beijing, but nothing to do with himself, this major event, the family or anything. No, not one even, not even one moment of consideration. My God. Um, okay. I, know, I, I know we didn't talk about this, Toby. I'm just going to add one extra uh, yeah. piece into this. Uh, as a completely opposite comparison. Mm. Now, now I'll, I'll put this in context because I've been in the tech industry for 30 years. So mm. it's not as if I've got colleagues passing away every day. Yeah. Right. But about six years ago, a very good colleague of mine had uh, Friday night, left work, went to have a beer with one of his colleagues, was mm. waiting to get a cab 
to go home mm. and he had a brain aneurysm and literally died on the spot. Mm. Oh, horrible, mm. horrible situation, right? Mm. We, these other colleagues, didn't find out about it until Monday morning, mm. right? But on Saturday afternoon, his wife, who obviously, you know, was distraught and everything else, got a knock on the door and standing in front of him was the chairman. Right. And he had commandeered one of the corporate aircraft. Right. Flown from the US to Australia, mm. gone straight to her door. Mm. And the, the two things that he did, he said he, he, he was there to comfort her, but he also said that she had to have no financial concerns at all, so the mortgage was being paid in full. Mm. And he was establishing a fund for the children's education right there and then. Wow. And that he would then coordinate and make sure that all the other things were put in place and so on and so forth. That's the difference. Wow, yeah, that's <laughs> chalk and cheese. Yeah, completely. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, going back to the experience we've just been talking about, they change your core beliefs. Well, no, they don't change. They test your core beliefs and values. Indeed, indeed. I think, you know, and that's something I think for all of us, we do stand for certain principles that we hold true to ourselves. And those are yeah. inviolate, you know, and never will those, those principles be compromised. No, and if you're like me, you wear them on your sleeve. Yes. You know, for all to see. I think that's fundamental thing of leadership as well, that you, you, you hold yourself to the, the important principles that, that are dear to you and dear to the way you, you conduct your work. Yeah, and I think, you know, that's probably a good segue into the core. Yes, so, so interesting. And obviously we always end these stories in terms of key lessons or beliefs. Um, so interested from your perspective, Robert, what are the things that, you know, we should learn from this experience? Well, the, the, the broad lesson in this is about the importance of people yeah. and about your individual moral compass and responsibility towards others. Yes. Leadership is about setting examples for others to follow and emulate. Yes. Very um, true. Very true. Um, <clears throat> and I, I think one of your statements that you've made is, you know, human resources it's an oxymoron humans aren't resources <laughs> yes right? indeed, indeed. they are not there to be just used and discarded at will yes uh, and so as a leader you need to treat people with dignity not as utilities that's true right? your actions need to lead with kindness and respect for people Yes. And you basically need to treat people the way you expect to be treated yourself. Indeed. Isn't that always the case? I think that's the ultimate sort of ethical situation we must always find ourselves in. You know, always treat others the way we want to be treated ourselves. Yeah. And I think if there's a closing remark, if you're ever in that scenario where people have been treated badly mm. and, and treated as if they've got some sort of barcode on their head mm. and, and with no respect or dignity, mm. um, you need to stand your ground. Indeed. And, you know, Indeed. And, and that's what I did. That that was the that was the result. And as I say, that colleague did the same thing. Yeah. Uh, 
I, I, I don't know to this day whether it made any impact on that particular leader that I'm talking about. I very much doubt it. Right. But it was important that we did what we had to do. Well, and, I think, and, and certainly our action resonated around the business. I think you know it, all, it circulates around the whole thing about in everything that we do. It's always people first. Yes, always yeah. people first. Absolutely. You know, Robert, that, that's it's an it's an incredible story you told there, and it's it's quite a moving one. You know, about people who've experienced this. I'm sure I have. You know, someone who dies unfortunately at work, and it's how you respond, how others respond, that really is a test of leadership, and also sticking to those principles where you put people first. In this case, it didn't happen, and I think it's an important one for everybody to understand. There are some certain values and beliefs that everybody should have that holds people first before everything else. Yeah. So yeah, it's a very good story indeed. That it's it's been hopefully it's something that people will listen to. And yeah. it, hopefully it's something that, you know, it will make people reflect on how they treat others and what their core values are. And if, if they do that, then we've achieved something. And I think that's a good wrap for this week's session. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, well, it's, yeah. All right. Well, Robert, look, that's a, it's a great story. Um, that's as, as just let the listeners know that we do a weekly podcast. It is about M&A stories, the good, bad and the ugly. This one was a bad and ugly one, but we like to have good stories too. So please join us again for our next uh, podcast, which will happen in a week's time. And uh, it'll be a different kind of story, but join us for that. And I think we can all agree that less, the stories that we tell in Naturopath are very important lessons, uh, but lessons that we can all take forward and help us collectively be better at our craft. Yep, I would agree. And of course, I can announce that next week we will have a guest joining us for the podcast. So right. uh, that's something to look forward to. Okay. So I, I think that's a wrap. Uh, I'm going to say bye for now. Okay, goodbye. Cheers, Tony. Okay, cheers, bye.